Welcome to the Church for All Nations podcast, streaming live from Tacoma, Washington. We're so excited you joined us today. We hope you're encouraged by this week's message. Yeah, a little epic sound there. It's awesome. Hey, Hey, welcome to church, everybody. My name is Pastor J.F. Wilkerson. I have the honor of being the senior pastor here at Church for All Nations. And man, we are already off running hard in 2020, and it's just incredible. We had our first Wednesday service, our gathering this past Wednesday. And man, there were so many folks here, and these altars were just full of people on their hands and knees, just really giving the Lord uh, this year of their lives and just praying that the Lord would uh, answer prayer and speak and uh, all of that stuff's already happening. And uh, many of you have joined us, lots actually, have joined us in our 21 days of prayer and fasting, which we do twice a year corporately, meaning all of us unified doing it together. And so today is day seven you're, you're already a week in, right? Day seven. And, and today, we, uh, the, the prayer emphasis, we've been praying today for families, families. And I woke up, I was up pretty early this morning, and I just, I want you to know that I prayed for every family here at Church for All Nations by name. It was like hundreds. I'm kidding. I just kind of said, Lord, I just pray for the families at Church for All Nations that you would bless them in 2020. And so uh, know that. But here's the thing. We're seven days in, and maybe you're like, oh, man, I didn't get to start with them, so I'm good. Maybe I'll just hit up the, the fast uh, the next time around. Let me tell you, you can hop in right now, all right? You, you can start, are you ready for it? The 14 days of prayer and fasting, okay? So you can just dive right in with us right now, because here's the thing. This isn't some religious penance that we're doing. This is, this is us getting in tune with God is doing and wants for you personally and your family and for this church. How, how many of you know that there's an enemy out there and, and, and he wants to take down this community? And Ashley mentioned it uh, even just a few minutes ago. Man, just, uh, just in this past week, uh, shootings and murders and overdose and all this types of stuff. Someone asked me a couple days ago, I, I, I understand uh, fasting from a perspective of just being obedient to what God has. What are some other reasons, like why it's important? And I looked at him and said, my brother, I-, I want you to know that God is asking us to do things that are humanly impossible. He said, what are you talking about? Well, I'm telling you right now, only he can heal people. Only he can set people free. He, he allows us into the process, but man, I can't do that. And I need his power in my life. Yesterday, check this out. Yesterday, this campus was crawling with people. We uh, had uh, benevolent stuff going on where we, we distributed 17 pallets of food to uh, local ministries all over this community. And I don't know, there, there had to have been, I don't know, maybe 100 people here that were helping with the distribution of that. And I, I walked on this campus in the morning and I was just like, dear God, I'm so, I'm just so honored to get to be a part of this team early in the morning on Saturday. They could be in bed, they could be at brunch, but look at these friends out here loving this community. But it didn't stop right there because I walked through the back doors. I'm giving high fives, you know, and they're like, and I, and I walk in, I walked upstairs and there was over 50 people that were upstairs. This, 
did I say it was Saturday morning, okay? Over 50 people on their day off upstairs getting trained to be small group facilitators, man. Like taking the next step and being a leader and stepping out. Because here's the thing, I was so excited in season one, which started in September of our small groups, we had over, of you, we had over 500 people who were actively engaged in small groups. And, And part of my fast and prayer has been like, God, this season too, I want to see a thousand people that are, that are fully engaged in small groups and, and, and getting equipped and getting uh, set free of all kinds of stuff. Because here's the thing, if you're looking for healing and freedom, yes, come on Sunday and we're going to pray for you. But because, I've been following Jesus for a minute now, okay? And what I found out is that I, I find my healing and I get set free when I'm in community on an intimate level with other believers who know the details of my life, who are praying for me, who got my back, or who are texting me, who are holding me accountable, right? So I encourage you as these, uh, this next season rolls through that you be a part of it, ban- but man, I am telling you, we need the power of God to see that happen. I can't do that, but he can. And so I'm excited about that. Here's what I want you to know. God never intended for you to simply only live in the natural realm. I want you to know that you were created to be plugged in to the supernatural. All right? And there's a lot of followers of Jesus who aren't living this out. Nobody in here, okay, out there. Uh, there, there there's folks that, that, that they, they love God and, and they're followers of Jesus and they have the t-shirt and they have the Hillsong United album, but like they haven't truly connected and, and plugged into the supernatural. The supernatural is where the power is at. That, that, that's where God is. That, that is the access to what he has and what he's saying to you. So last week, we started this series talking about fasting. And, and, and the thesis statement, the takeaway, was that fasting isn't necessarily just all about removing food from your life or whatever that thing is. It has more to do with what you're replacing it with. It has, it has more to do with you getting focused on him. Today, since we're in this fast, I just felt like you probably should talk about prayer too. I, I wanna talk about prayer a little bit today as we're in this fast. And and here's the thing, prayer uh, really shouldn't be our last resort. It needs to be our first response. Let me say it like this. Uh, We shouldn't make a decision as followers of Jesus and then pray that God bails us out. I'm just, me, I've done that so many times. I've made a decision and I was like, God, you got, you got to help me out with this one. I, I really messed up, right? We, we should be, that, I, want to be no, I want this to be our rally cry. And that is that we are people who pray first. That we, we go to him for counsel when it comes to decision making. When it comes to starting our day off. Praying first and getting clarity as to what he has for us. It's an incredible thing. I, and so I, I want to walk around here and just... And, and, and use that in our language. Pray first. I, I was so blessed to grow up in a Christian home where my parents placed a lot of value on prayer. In fact, I can remember being a kid and my dad, my dad, to this day, I talked to him on the phone the uh, day before last, and I was asking him about something. And my dad, maybe you, some of you grew up in a Christian home, my dad would say this to me when I would, would get uh, you know, counsel or if I wanted something. 
I would say, Dad, you know, A, B, and C. And he's like, son, have you prayed about it first? Right? I, a little guy. I mean, Dad, can I have the, you know, the, you know, the remote control? God, you know what, son, go in your room and just, just pray about it first, son. And, and hear what God has to say about it, right? And, and so, I, I mean, even to this day, I'm like, Dad, you know, the church is growing and all. And he's like, son, well, I don't, that's great. But you got, are you praying first before you're making decisions? Oh, yeah, of course I am, Dad, you know. And, and so, so pray first, pray first. And so Ashley and I, we, we have been uh, teaching our children this. And so we, we, we try to, we're not perfect at it, but, but before we eat and, and before we leave for, for school and all of these things, it's pray first, pray first, Lord. And, I'm, and I'm, I'm, I'm trying my best to model this for my children. In fact, a couple of days ago, I was driving Fulton to, to his preschool and I was kind of flustered or whatever. And I'm like, okay, buddy, uh, get out of your car seat and we're gonna, we got to get in there. It's starting to rain. And he's like, he's like dad, he's in the back. I could see him. He's a, he's a big parka on, you know, it's like, he's like, he's like dad. I'm like, well, he's like, you forgot. I'm like, well, he's like, we got to play first. You know what I mean? So, so uh, my, my five-year-old's figuring this out. And, and if we can get this inside of us, that, that we are people, followers of Jesus who are praying first, it will change everything about us. So we're not going to act first. We're going to pray first. And here's some scripture that backs that up. First Thessalonians chapter 5. Verses 16 through 18 says this. It says, rejoice always. Say always. always. Even when I'm in a bad mood. Yeah. Rejoice always. Here it is. Pray continually. Give thanks in just, you know, when, when it feels right. No. Give thanks in all circumstances. For this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. Another translation, verse 17, actually says, never stop praying. Just be a person. You're, you're, you're constantly connected to what the Lord's saying and through prayer. There's this, uh, uh, at the turn of the 20th century, there's this uh, uh, British theologian. His name was Smith Wigglesworth. That is such a, Wiggles, I love, that's a cool, Wigglesworth. And he was a, a theologian and a Pentecostal preacher. And he said it like this. He said, Never, he said, I never pray more than 20 minutes, but I never go more than 20 minutes without praying. There it is. Take a, take a screenshot of that. I like that. So as we're in these 21 days, we talked about fasting last week. I want to encourage you here in 2020. I want to give you a few thoughts on what does it look like and a few pointers and some encouragement in this area of, of restarting your prayer life in 2020. And this is for me too. So, I mean, every one of us can get a little bit of this. It, it, this is a, just, a, just a real practical teaching on prayer today because I get questions about it all the time. And I just figured, you know what? Uh, I want to I give some, some, some uh, foundational thoughts on prayer as we restart this new decade. John 15, here's kind of my anchor uh, text for this uh, presentation today. John 15, verses four through five. Jesus says, he says, remain. Someone say remain. remain. He says, remain. Underline that. <clears throat> he says, remain in me and I'll remain in you. Notice how he said, um, come on Sunday and I'll see you there. And then I'll see you the next Sunday, right? Although some of us, no one in here, of course, some of us, 
do this in our life. You know what I mean? It's like, all right, I went to CFAN, and oh, not, not this church, another church, and, uh, you know, I met God, and, you know, go back. No, no, no. Jesus says, remain in me, like, 24-7, and I'm, I'm going to commit to you that I'm going to do it back to you, all right? He says, he says no, um, no branch can bear fruit by itself. It must remain in the vine. Neither can you bear fruit unless you remain in me. I am the vine, is what Jesus says. You are the branches. If a man remains in me and I in him, he will bear much fruit. You, are, you, are you wanting a better relationship with your spouse in 2020? Well, remain in him. Are, are you looking for clarity as it comes to your employment? Remain in him. He's, are, are, you, are, you, are, you, are you begging God to get over that addiction that's, that's been holding? I'm telling you, remain in him. He's going to help you out. Look what it says here. He says, he says remain in me, and, and I, he will bear much fruit. And then he goes on and says, apart from me, you can do nothing. All right? So here we go. Let me give you four things. I usually do three, but here's four. A little, little bonus one today, okay? Let me give you four things that will help you restart your prayer life in 2020. Here's the first one. Number one, the priority of prayer. Write that down. If you're looking to restart your prayer life, you're in the middle of this fast, and you're kind of like, oh, man, I don't know where to start. Well, you got to make it a priority because whether you're intentional about it or not, you have a life priority list. And if you're a follower of Jesus, the question I pose to you is on that list of priorities, where does communication with him fall? It's, it's, it's a question that I, I have to continually ask myself because here's the thing. First, it's a hard Firsts matter. Firsts are powerful. Let, let me say it like this. The thing you put first or the things that you put first in your life impact everything else behind it, good or bad. Let me say it like this. Uh, the first in your life set the precedent for everything else. It's like it has a domino effect. So let me, I'll break it down like this. Let's say tomorrow, the first thing you do when you, when you sit up in bed and you're peeling the sleep out of your eyes and you're like, it's still dark outside. Aren't you kind of over that, by the way? Still dark, but you put the feet on the floor. Man, what if the very first thing that came out of your mouth, or maybe you didn't even say it, it just was in your mind, was God, today I am committing this day to you. And I am putting you first in every decision that I have to make, big or small. Let let me tell you what will happen if if you commit to that tomorrow. Just just give it a try. Uh, First of all, you're going to get the attention of God. And then you have set a precedent for the rest of your day. And I I dare you. Watch what happens with the rest of your day. You've set a precedent. You will, you will do life a little bit different. And i got to be honest, you know, this is an honest place. I, the times that I've gotten up, oh, man, it's still dark out. Oh, man, i got to get in. Is he ready for skin out of the bed? You know, like all that kind of stuff. Man, I've set a precedent, man, a, a low bar uh, for my, my day, right? And everything kind of sometimes, you know what I mean? First matter. And so the question is, on this list of priorities, where does communication with God fall for you. Um, the prior, priority of prayer. Daniel 6, verse 10. I love this. It says, Now when Daniel learned 
that the decree had been published. Let me stop right there. What's, what decree are you talking about? There was a decree in Babylon at the time that King Darius said that no longer can you worship just any gods that you want. No longer can you pray to your God. You're gonna pray directly to me. Uh, Daniel had a problem with that because he only prayed to Jehovah, right? And so what, does he, what happens here? He says, when he finds out the new law has been passed, look what Daniel does. He called his local representatives and, and, and chewed them out on the phone. No, no, no. What did he do? He prayed. Is anyone there? He prayed. Let me try it one more time. Okay, just pretend like it didn't happen. When Daniel found out about this stuff, he prayed. He prayed first. Look at this. He, was, he went home to his upstairs, opened the windows, looked toward Jerusalem. Three times a day, he got down on his knees and prayed, giving thanks to his God, just as he had always done. The priority of prayer. Here's the second one, the place of prayer. Write that down. I told you this was going to be practical. So the priority of prayer and then the place of prayer, the place of prayer. You're going to need a place. You're going to need a place to pray. Um, if you've been in church for, for a while, maybe you've heard this term, the prayer closet. Have you ever heard someone say that? I'm going into my prayer closet to be alone with God. You know what I mean? When I was a kid, my dad, we, our house, um, every room in the house was used. It was just full. You know, with four, four boys and cousins, and there were just always people sleeping over, and every room used, man. It was just a... And, but my dad, being the man of the house, he, he needed like, a, like an escape room. This was like before man caves, okay? And I remember he, there was this old kind of cl a real closet in our basement of our house. And he converted that closet into his space. So he had a desk in there and, and he, had some, he had his books in there. And, and it was one of those closets that kind of opened like this. And when I say closet, I'm talking like, it was like this deep, you know what I mean? And he had a little tiny table in there. And he would open it like this, and then he would walk into his closet, and he would turn around, and he would close the doors behind him, right? And as a kid, I can remember him doing this, and he'd been there, he'd been there for a while, you know, studying, and I, I would hear him in there pray, crying out to God, praying, speaking in tongues, just, and I always thought that was so cool, and I was always like, that's my dad's prayer closet, you know what I mean? And, and I can remember one day, I, I, you know, I, I got older, I was like, Dad, I got it. When I get older, I'm going to have a prayer closet like you. And he kind of chuckled. He's like, well, son, it's, I don't, it's not really, like, I don't really consider that my prayer closet. It's just a place where I can read and get alone, you know? And, 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 and I was like, really? And he's like, he's like, he told me, he's like, the, a prayer closet isn't necessarily a physical place. It's just a place where you go that doesn't have any distractions, right? And I'm, I'm a distractions guy. I've never been um, uh, diagnosed with ADD, but I think I got it. You know what I mean? I, I just, I'm always distracted, right? In fact, yesterday afternoon, I was just kind of going over my notes. I was reading some stuff, and at my house, I've got a little room where I study, and, but how many of you know that the 49ers were playing yesterday? Oh, yeah, I don't even want to say it, but that it was on in the other room, and, and I, so I'm, Lord God, I'm great, ready for tomorrow, and yeah, third and nine. Just like full, like I literally got, I was like, not, not, I was like, third, oh, okay, all right. Just total, dist I'm just constantly like phones. and so, so my prayer closet consists of going for a walk. I like to get out in nature or, 
walk around chambers, and sometimes my, my wife hates it, but sometimes I'll just leave my phone in the kitchen. You know what I mean? And just, it's just a time where there's really no distractions for me. For some of you, your prayer closet really isn't a physical place at all. It's, it's really a headspace. I mean, you can, some, some of you moms, you got 30 kids around and diapers and screaming, and, and, like, and like you're like, you can't physically get out of there, but you can just kind of go, right? Like you're little, and you can just kind of go into your prayer. You know what I'm talking about? But we all need it. We all need a, a, a place, right? In fact, Jesus himself had a place. Did you know this? Look at this passage of scripture. Mark chapter one, verse 35. Scripture says very early in the morning. Okay, so pri- there's, there's my first point. Priority. For Jesus, it was early in the morning, right? He set the precedent for the rest of his day. It says, early in the morning, while it was still dark, hello, I can relate to that. While it was still dark, Jesus got up, left the house, and he went off to a solitary place where he prayed. Uh, Many theologians will tell you that the garden where Jesus prays, we read in in the Gospels before he's crucified, the Garden of Gethsemane, um, that wasn't like a one-time event. Many theologians believe like, that this was Jesus's place, that he would go there often. He would make it a priority and he would go to the Garden of Gethsemane to get alone, to get in his place and to pray. In fact, uh, many theologians will tell you that part of the reason was is because of, of, the, um, of the view uh, of Jerusalem, the city that he loved. And so I love that picture of Jesus himself following this, this guide to prayer, literally in the garden, looking over the city that he loves, praying over it. I just love that. So Jesus has this, this place. He's made prayer to his father a priority in his life. It's a phenomenal thing. So be encouraged today. So it's the priority. It's the place. Here's the third one. Get ready. It's a P word. Are you ready? Uh, the plan. The plan of prayer. Anytime you're going to have a meaningful relationship with someone, make sure you have a thoughtful plan. All right? I have messed this up so many times on date night. Okay? You know what I'm talking about, fellas? Your wife gets in the car and you're like, well, what do you want to do? (laughs) What is that? I mean... Like, what does that communicate? Where you want to go? And every time, like, I don't have a plan, I talk like that, too. Where you want? You know, it's like, and I, there's been time, there's some times in my life where I, I, I approach God like that. I'm like, well, here I am, God. Now what? <laughs> right? If you're going you're, to have a meaningful relationship with your spouse, your kids, the God of the universe, make sure you have a plan. When you communicate. And what's so great is we have this thing called the internet. <laughs> there's so many resources when it comes to prayer. There's, there's devotionals. Uh, here at church, uh, right now we're in the middle of this 21 days of prayer and fasting. There, there's a number that you, 84576, if you, if you text the word fast to that number every day, you're going to get a little prayer focus with a couple of passages of scripture where today, for instance, was on the family. So today, when you get alone with the Lord and you pray in your place, you've made it a priority, 
Pray for your family. Pray for other people's families, right? And, and look at the passage of scriptures to confirm that that's what we're supposed to do. You can do that. It'll happen 21 days, right? We have all, if you go to the info desk, there's, a, there's prayer requests and praise reports. Grab one before you walk out. Make that a part of your quiet time with the Lord. Have a plan. In fact, we see this with Jesus himself. Look at the passage of scripture, Luke chapter 11, verses one through two. This is what it says. Once Jesus was in his certain place praying, isn't this cool how this outline just works out? All right. So here he is. He's, in a, he's made a priority of it. He's in a certain place praying. As he finished, one of his disciples came to him and said, Lord, we've been, we've been watching you. Uh, would you we want to do it how you're doing it. And, 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 he, and, and the disciple says, teach us to pray like you, just as your friend John taught his disciples. So Jesus said, this is how you should pray. And many of us know the Lord's Prayer. Right there, that's one way you can pray. Take the Lord's Prayer and go line by line. You can pray all the way through it. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be your name. That one sentence, you could spend hours on that right now. Break it down. Our Father. Lord, I I just take a minute here and I thank you uh, that you're my dad, that I can go to you. I didn't didn't have the best relationship with my dad, but you're you're a good father. And I thank you that that's the type of relationship that you want to have with me. So I just stop and say thank you that you're my dad. And I I thank you that I can look to you. I can, as a a little guy, uh, raises his hands to a good father. I, I can do that. To you, to you every single moment of my, you're, you're a good father. Hallowed be your name. Lord, you are, that word hallowed mean, means holy. It means set apart. It's what Pastor Ashley was talking about. I, 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 I exalt you. I put you on a, on, in, in another place in my own life and I, and I set you apart from everything else. In, in, in the Greek, the word hallowed, holy, actually translates to sun. And what does the sun do? It provides warmth. It provides light. It provides life. Lord, I, God, I just stop and I thank you that, that you're like the sun. Like you shine down on me. You, you bring warmth and life and strength to my dark, cold brokenness. God, I thank you that you, you literally like, like spiritually heat me up. I thank you for it. You could go on and on and on and on. Give it a try. But have a plan. Have a plan. And here's the fourth one as the band comes back. And that is the persons of prayer. And, and I did a capital P because when, I, when I'm talking about the persons, I'm talking about the Godhead. I'm, talk, I'm talking about the Holy Trinity, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. The persons of prayer. Once you make prayer a priority in your life, you put it first. Uh, you, you, you find your place. What does that look like for you? You got you to have a place where you, where you go to, whether that's a physical place or just a headspace. I, I had a, a lady in the, in the lobby. She grabbed me. She's like, Pastor, is it okay? I, I commute back and forth to work. It's long hours. And, and my prayer closet is in my car. And I listen to scripture. And I, I listen, listen to Brooklyn Tabernacle. And I was like, give me high five. What an awesome place. So you got you to get your place right. I'm telling you got to get a plan. And once you've got all that, when you approach God, you have to understand that you are communicating with a living God who is represented 
in the Godhead, the, the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, which, what does that mean? That means that there's three different sets of characteristics that we relate differently to. It's an incredible thing, and when you begin to understand this, it'll change everything for you. There's a lot of people who didn't grow up with a biblical view of God, but rather they grew up with, with religious ones. Maybe that's you today. I grew up, I, I talk about my dad a lot because he's my hero, but when I was a kid, my dad was what, what we call an evangelist. And for 15 years of my life, he would travel all over the country and, and he would just preach the gospel. Uh, but as a little guy, you know, evangelist back in the day, pretty much just screamed into a microphone. I don't, I don't know how else to describe it. Bless God! I mean, he's just a whole time, right? And my dad every year had about six sermons. And he just took those six, just went around the country. And, the, and, and, and I would go with him all, 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 over the, all over the country and the world with him. And, ah, oh, bless! And just, just ripping, right? And, and I, you know, but when you're like, when you're nine, you know, you, you might start to think that that's, that's how God is towards us. <laughs> or the, or that, that's the kind of God that we serve. That's the way God communicates, right? And so I remember being like nine or 10 years old and I was upset and I'm like, what's wrong? I'm like, well, man, I hear the way you talk and like, that's the way God talks and that's the way God sees me. And he was like, son, no. And he, he began to explain all of the details to me. And I remember when I was a kid, my mom, um, she put a curse on me and the curse was she exposed me to the movie, The Wizard of Oz. That's a, that's a trip, no? And, and I remember watching that. I mean, what a wild, weird movie. You know what I'm talking, the munchkins and we represent the lollipop guild, the lollipop. Those guys are weird. You know, those flying monkeys. And I still have nightmares about those fly, ah, you know what I mean? But when she, you know, the yellow brick road and they go to Oz and they get there and remember that, you know, that, what was that? Whatever that came out, like their CGI was that giant green head. And like, that was a wizard. Like, hey, what do you want? Right. And like, there was like a window in my adolescence where like, that's, that's how I thought God saw me. Right. J.F. What do you You know what I mean? And, and, and. And here's the thing, you can be nine or 49 and, and still have that false, untrue, non-biblical view of God. And here, here's what I want to say. Based on your per perspective or your view of God determines if you even communicate with Him or not, or how you communicate with Him. It changes everything. And I'm going to close with this one passage of scripture where Paul in 1 Corinthians chapter 13, he's signing off. It's like he's written this beautiful letter to the church in Corinth and he's kind of given the very truly Paul. He, he ends his, his last thought with this. Look at this passage of scripture. 2 Corinthians 13 verse 14 says this. This is the end of his presentation. He says, with all of that said, essentially, the amazing grace of the master, Jesus Christ, the extravagant love of God, the intimate friendship of the Holy Spirit be with all of you. The benediction. And so with that, when you approach God, you need to understand 
that you're praying to Jesus. And that first thought is, write this down, the amazing grace of Jesus. Grace is that thing that you got that you didn't deserve, that you couldn't pay for. Free gift that, that Jesus, he sacrificed. You, you, you gotta understand the type of Jesus that we, a, a Jesus who feels your pain. He took on your pain. He experienced the hurt and the betrayal and the temptations that every one of us feels. He feels your pain today. And, 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 and scripture says, it, it, it says that if, if we simply understand who Jesus is and the fact, Acts chapter eight, it's, it, it literally says that, that, that Jesus sits at the right hand of the Father and that, he, and that Jesus is interceding in our behalf to the Father. It's a beautiful thing. You say, well, what does that mean? It means this. When I go to the Lord in prayer, I usually use this phrase, in Jesus' name. Well, why do, why do we say in Jesus' name? Because the only way to get to the Father is through Jesus, right? And so he sits at the right hand of the Father and he's interceding in our behalf. What does that look like? When I go to the Lord, I say, Jesus, man, that, that guy betrayed me. I, I put all my trust in that, that human and he let me down. Lord, I'm, I'm hurting, I'm broken. I'm dealing with temptation. I'm a broken man and I'm not, I'm not perfect. I, I, I deal with temptation and I, and I beat myself up about it. And, I, and it's just, I, I, don't, I just feel terrible. And you know, you know what Jesus says? He says, JF, I'm telling you, I, I feel you. And, and he takes that information. He, he goes to the father. He says, dad, look at JF here. Look at him. He, he's dealing with betrayal. You know, I, I, I dealt with that. My, my best friends turned their back on me. Lord, I was, in the, I was in the wilderness, in the desert for 40 days, just getting a barrage of temptation. I know what he's going through, Dad. You got to help him out. Can you help him out, Dad? This is who Jesus is. And what does the Father do? Of course. Let him know. Right? Let him know, right? Here's, here's the tragedy of some believers. And that is, they have a distorted, here's the word, they, they have a polluted view of the heavenly father because of their experiences with an earthly father. And so maybe you're here today and you never pray to God as your father because when you hear the word father, all you think about is abuse. All you think about is rejection. All you think about is pain. All you think about all the memories of him beating up on your mom. And you said, no, 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 I'm not gonna pray to, a, I'm not gonna pray to God the Father. My friend, I'm gonna pray for you today because you, you have to. And the reason why you have to is because that's his favorite name. That, 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 that's his favorite title. When you go to him, the, the Father, I want you to know, I, you gotta understand the extravagant love of the Father. Write that down. The extravagant love of the Father, it's so important. And I'm going to pray for some of you that are dealing with this specific thing, but it doesn't stop right there. When you go to God in prayer, the third entity of the Godhead is the Holy Spirit. Here's what's cool about the Holy Spirit. When you leave the prayer meeting, the Holy Spirit goes with you. It's his role. When you're in your place, 
you've met with Jesus and the Father, the Holy Spirit says, all right, Daddy, all right, Jesus, I'm, I'm going with him now. I'm, I'm, I'm going I'm to walk with JF wherever he goes. John 14, 16 through 17. Scripture says, and I will ask the Father. This is Jesus. I'm going to ask the Father. And he's going to give you another counselor to be with you forever. The spirit of truth. I love that. I love uh, his, the, the Holy Spirit. His name in the Greek is parakletos, which literally translates to the one called to be by your side always and forever. This is the third entity of the Trinity, the Godhead three in one. The Holy Spirit goes with you. He directs your path. He brings you rest to your weary soul today. He gives you boldness in the middle of your fear. He helps you get over that addiction when you think you can't do it on your own because you can't. He is with you. This is the Holy Spirit and this is the Godhead three in one. And when you begin to understand the, 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 the so many different loving characteristics of the persons of God, you will crave communication with Him. Thanks again for joining us. To hear more messages like this one, be sure to subscribe and check out our podcast channel. For more content and to connect with us, go to cfan.church. 